What's good, y'all? We're back live. In effect, we got an action-packed week. Controversial topics. and uh, Controversy? You might like us. You might hate us. You might love us. But it's our opinions. It's just, just, that's just putting it out there. Uh, I'm going to start out asking, guys, how was your week? Starting with you, Mr. Kaiser. It was great because uh, I'm a Hornets fan. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's all, yeah. <laughs> That's all you got. <laughs> Last night, dreaming about, you know, alley-oops to Kai Jones and Book Knight shaking dudes and shooting in their face and Malik Monk playing for the Nets. Um, it was, you know, great, great dream. <laughs> what about you, Jamal? <laughs> so um, I got I got my first uh, uh, vaccine, and um, I have yet to discover any chips in my body. Um, I have uh, yet You're to – have any weird reactions? <laughs> um, They're watching you. You, you don't uh, know it. It's 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 this is a, 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 a the size of a grain of rice. They're watching uh, you, and you're going to transform next week. Uh, uh, well, look, I'll, I'll be patiently waiting on that, man. But uh, all, all good over here, man. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Look, we're going to get started, man. We had a draft show on Thursday. Uh, go back and check that out for our live reaction. We 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 messed with you guys for about two hours, about an hour too long. Uh, <laughs> but uh, hey, it, man, was hey. it was a yeah. lot. Of fun. It was a lot always of fun. have fun doing those, man. Yeah. But yeah, so we, we're going to talk about our draft picks. For the eleventh pick, we we picked uh, uh, Book Knight from uh, UConn, and then uh, we made a trade uh, with the Knicks for a heavily protected first to to grab Kai Jones with the nineteenth pick. Uh, we chose the guy. Uh, what was his name? Thor. JT Thor. JT Thor. He was from uh, Auburn. Auburn. Yes, correct. Auburn. He played. He played with uh, Cooper. Uh, with the thirty-seventh pick, we picked Scotty Lewis with the fifty-sixth pick out of Florida, and uh, we picked Balsa Kaprakovic, uh, which was in that trade uh, for uh, Miles Plumley, Mason Plumley. So guys, man, how, how do you feel about the picks? Not now that you have about forty-eight hours to forty-eight hours, seventy-two hours to digest it. So what, what do you what do you feel about the draft on Thursday night? Man, if you are a Hornets fan and you are not excited about the upcoming season, just move to LA or <laughs> what what other cities does Charlotte claim? Uh you can go you can be a Hawks fan. You can, a fan of them. The Nets fan, Nets. Uh, uh, you can be Golden State, Golden State fan. You just yeah, be Golden State, Golden State, of course. Fan of one of those teams because I just, y'all, I'm, I'm so excited about this season. Um, I feel like the Hornets were able to shore up a lot of the deficiencies that they had on both sides of the ball. You know, Cody Zeller and Bismack Biombo are probably gone. They're both free agents, and I don't see either of them coming back. We now have uh, a plethora of centers to develop, and we picked up a veteran center. Now, I, whether or not Mason Plumley plays or not, I don't know, but I got the idea that they, they're like, okay, we got a, a lot of young guys at the five on this team. We really need a, a vet uh, who's better than Biombo and Zeller to kind of help these guys, to bolster these guys. And there's a lot of thoughts about Mason Plumlee, but the guy averaged a double-double last season with, you know. Uh, limited playing time. Limited I got a question for you. 
I got a question for you. Do you think that he is better than Cody Zeller? Um, I would say he's a bit more consistent because sometimes Cody would show up and have oh just a great you're like, damn, where the hell does this dude come from? And then he'd kind of have a fall off where he'd get injured. And that was probably the biggest thing with Cody Zeller. He'd start to string have this string of great games, and then he'd miss like 10, 15 games. And then he's come and he comes back and he's got to play his way back into basketball shape and get back to where he was. And as soon as he does, what happens? He gets injured again. Um, so I, I think Mason Plumley is going to be that, but without those injury issues, and he, he's he's going to be able to stay on the court and contribute and help. I'm not sure how much Mason Plumley can teach a guy like Kai Jones, but the NBA is a lot different uh, than college or G League, and I'm, I'm sure that there's some knowledge that he can impart on those young guys. I mean, look at the, our roster now. We've got Kai Jones, JT uh, Thor, um, Vernon Carey, and Nick Richards. Those are four guys who could all develop into a starting five. Yeah, and by five, I mean uh, five position. So um, I think the Hornets have kind of, you know, shored that problem up. I'd like them to at least try in free agency to – you know, just see what's out there as far as the five position. But uh, Book Night was a great pick. I'm I'm just so disappointed in Hornets fans for being upset at that pick. Um, I, I mean, best best player available. You could have made the case for Moses Moody, I think. But uh, you have a dynamic scoring guard. You do not you do not pass on dynamic scoring guards. Guys who uh, were able to score 18, 19 points a, a night in college in, in a lot of different ways. That's what book Knight was able to do. Um, and I think that he is kind of, he may end up being what the Hornets wanted Malik Monk to be, you know, Malik Monk was a dynamic scorer coming out of Kentucky and his situation to be fair to Malik Monk. It wasn't the best coming into the, into the NBA. You know, the Hornets were fairly uh, heavy at that spot. Anyway, he wasn't going to ever, take Jeremy Lamb's playing time and then he had to get stuck up stuck playing backup point guard, you know, his first 15 games as a rookie. Um, Book Knight won't have those those same kind of kind of issues. And of course Kai Jones, I mean, that that's a guy that I wanted. I was like, you know, if he's available at the board and Book Knight and Moody are gone, that's our guy. And for Mitch to make a deal that really I just kind of feel like we fleeced the Knicks on this one. Um a, pro- a protected pick, and it's not just protected. It's like, I mean, heavily protected, heavily protected pick in order to get back into the first round and and pick uh, a, a guy who a lot of us wanted at the center position. I mean, this is it's, it's weird. The last three drafts, the Hornets draft grades from all the major sports publications is like a a plus a plus. I'm talking every every year. Mitch has been GM. That's not a coincidence. That's not a fluke. Mitch is doing things, and I just feel like this team is just in such a great position to do well next next season. Um, Kaiser, Kaiser, Kaiser. So MJ's not making the picks. Why are you saying Mitch? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I thought, I mean, thought he was yeah, end all be all. Michael Jordan seems <laughs> making the pick, dude. Good pick, Mitch. Bad pick, MJ. So I'm processing. I'm processing. Right, so so Book Knight and Kai Jones end up being busts. That's it's Michael Jordan's fault. Michael Jordan made those picks. Yeah. It's Michael Jordan's fault. Yeah. yeah. I look, I, I'm, I'm tripping. I'm tripping. I'm tripping. I got you. I got you. 
Jamal, <laughs> man, what would you think about the picks last night, man? <laughs> um, look, man, um, James Book Knight was he, he wasn't heavy on my radar only because I didn't think he'd be there. <clears throat> I, I you know, when it came down to it, I thought Kai Jones was gonna be the pick at 11, because again, I thought James Booknight was not going to be there. Uh, Kai Jones was the name that was floating around very heavy. You know, the closer it got to draft day, um, the the more Kai Jones' uh, name was getting mentioned. So I just knew that we were going to pick Kai Jones at 11, and that was going to be it. But lo and behold, the draft gods looked out for us, and James Booknight slipped to number 11. And good Lord, man, we, we might have gotten a steal, man. And to Kaiser's point, you know, this is not just like a three and D guy because I, I look, I have nothing against three and D guys. They can be very valuable, but the Hornets need playmaking. Um, and, and James Booknight is that playmaker that he can, he can create his own shot. Um, turnover problems aside, man, uh, you, you know, he can create offense for others. He can shoot the ball. He's a walking bucket. And, it may it may be a, a really good contingent plan for Malik Monk leaving. You know, we don't know how this situation is going to unfold. We'll see that in the next two days. But he could be that. And I, you could not ask for a better draft scenario than to get what you got at 11. And then on top of that, at 19, you get somebody else that was on your board with Kai Jones. Not only a position need, but probably the biggest talent available at that spot. I don't understand what more you can ask for with the Hornets draft as far as that goes. Uh, Kai Jones, man, very talented, very raw. I, I I think Hornets fans are going to need to exercise a bit of patience with Kai Jones, man, because he is very raw. Uh, he may spend some time in the G League, may or may not, because, you know, we've heard that before P.J. Washington, so we know how that, that may or may not go, man. But again, just may need to exercise some patience with Kai Jones, man. He needs to learn the NBA game. Plumley may help with that. We're going to talk about free agency coming up in a little bit. I don't want to get too far into that just yet. But we do at least have a veteran presence on the team, uh, like Kai's mentioned, that you know that could possibly teach uh, these young guys the NBA game. Um, I'm interested to see how this roster is going to be. Uh, composed in the next couple of weeks because I really want to know is Nick Rich is going to be the backup center. You get what I'm saying? Uh, you know, who, who's going to get those minutes? That's going to be very, very important to, to know in these next couple of weeks, man. So it's, it's, I, all, with, with all that being said, man, we are definitely a more talented team than we were last season. That's all you can really ask for so far. Guys, I got a question for you guys. Uh, speaking of free agency. What do you think Devontae Graham demands on the on the market? Uh, and, and do you think he stays in Charlotte? And, and the same goes for Malik Monk. So this has been a hot topic the last week or so. And, and the Horn is more than likely going to have to choose. And that's just the reality of it, man. I think the bigger need is Devontae Graham. Um, we can argue back and forth about who's more talented, who's, who's, who's a better player, blah, blah, blah. But the fact of the matter remains, if you don't re-sign Devontae Graham, there's a gaping hole at backup point guard position, man. And I think just out of need, Devontae Graham is going to be the, the priority there. Now, as far as how much he commands – you know, look, man, we're not we're not GMs. We don't negotiate these contracts. But if it's me, if I'm Jamal Cupcheck, I try to shoot for a deal around nine to ten million dollars, man. So, <laughs> Jamal Cupcheck. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, you, you can't you can't let Devontae just walk 
I don't think fans understand. We talked about this on the show before how important it is to have a capable backup point guard who is willing to be a backup point guard. And right, right. it's just so hard to find that. Um, as far as how much he would come in on the market, I, I read a rumor earlier today, actually, that the Knicks might be willing to pay him up to $15 million a year. Hey, hey, look, look, man, I love me some Devontae Graham, but, man, uh, look, if, it, yeah, if it's I, that much, have, 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 a, have a nice career, bro. Yeah, now the qualifying offer on him is only $4 million, so the Hornets will probably make that qualifying offer before the deadline tonight at 6 p.m. Um, of course, Devontae Graham is going to be offered far more than $4 million, but uh, if you look at the market, um, I'm, I like to use Seth Curry as a good gauge because Seth Curry is a guy – who worked his way around the league, through the G League, and now he's a solid NBA starter. He's on a four-year, $32 million deal. He's only making $8 million. And if you look at other guards around his talent level and his skill set, $10 million seems to be the cap for those kind of guys. Um, so that's why I would place Devontae and Malik in that 8 to $10 million range. And I really don't think the, the Hornets should overpay – more than that, maybe for Devontae, 15 is a, is a bit much. I think, personally, I think if the offers come in at 15 mil, let's say he signs 15 mil with the Knicks, you don't match it, and then you look to deal Terry to get your backup point guard. And I hate to say that because y'all know I love Terry Rozier, and I, I really hate the trade Terry brigade. But at that point, you need a backup point guard. You have your two-guard score in, um, in James Booknight. You might as well roll the dice on letting him play and try and get a, a, a backup point guard because, trust me, that's going to be a, a – if you look at all the top teams, especially in the East, they all have decent backup point guards. Look at all the, the teams that have won championships in the last decade. Good backup point guards. The Hornets need a backup point guard. LaMelo can't can't do it all, guys. Um as far as I mean, look, look, we, we know his fans want him to pay play yeah, forty three minutes a game, but it's not look, realistic. Look, guys. look, 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 look. I, I got a decent starting two, but backup point guard. Listen, just listen. Hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> the dream goes back to California. You sign Jello, and then you make the trade. Oh, you start at the two, and then you can bring Book Knight off the bench, and he's your backup point guard. You stagger the minutes, man. Look. You gotta think, man. Look, think. I, I don't know. Brand. I don't know if you can even pull that off on NBA 2K. I, I'm not even sure you can even pull that off there. If, if you do, God bless you, man. Look, man. <laughs> if, if, if Mitch doesn't make this trade, he doesn't know what he's doing. I, I'm, I'm just going to help you. Look, man. You might have won a championship, but you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you know, hey. here's, the, here's the possible good thing about a team willing to overpay for Devontae. Then you can keep Malik Monk. And, you know, I don't know if Monk would want that, but he's a restricted free agent. If the Hornets decide to retain him, he doesn't have much of a choice but to play for whatever contract the Hornets match um, at all. And I think that Devontae Graham will actually demand more on the open market than Malik Monk possibly. He will. He will. Yeah, I think he will. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to push back, but is is Malik Monk a point guard? Like, can you trust I, you, you know, Rodney – Thank you for saying that, man, because I, I know we all remember the disaster that was the Malik Monk at point guard experiment that happened his rookie year. 
I, that is something I never want to see again. I'm sorry, man. Uh, if, if it does come down to Malik Monk, uh, you know, sticking around with us, we still have that need for backup point guard. Um, now, one thing I want to say, man, you know, don't 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 kind of dis- discount the the um, the effect of the sign and trade. There's going to be a lot of that going into free agency because there's no there's not a lot of teams with any cap space, and you know these teams are going to work around. Uh, the, the you know these cap casualties to get what they want, and the Hornets probably may try to do the same thing, man. So I don't know who the candidates are, but just look for signing trades going into this offseason. Yeah, I could see the Hornets matching an offer just to trade to that team on a right. starting train. We, I mean, we've seen it before. Let's say the Knicks make Devonte Graham a fifteen million dollar year offer, and he signs. The Hornets could match that and say, okay, we'll trade you Devonte Graham for for whoever RJ right. Barrett. I mean, I don't know if the Knicks would make the deal. I'm just throwing out names. But, um, you know, there's that. I, I agree with Jamal. I think signing trades could could definitely be on the table here. And, and let, let me tell you a very important player when it comes to the signing trade market. Mr. Cody Zeller, we all can agree he's probably not on this roster going into next season. So kind of look for him, whatever his deal may be, for, for them to kind of dangle him as the sign and trade option. Just kind of look for that going into the offseason. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, guys, so if we lose Devontae and, and, and Malik, what, what, what do you want to see the Hornets do? Do you want to see them bring in a veteran backup point guard, or do you want to see them actually develop somebody in that role, like a Grant Riller who's already on the roster? That was a good question. Kaza, what you think about that one? I, think um, I mean, you always want to give the young guys a shot. But it's important to note that now Mitch did say, you know, the rebuild is not over. We're still rebuilding. But the Hornets have an opportunity here to take a step. I mean, they would have been in between the fourth and the sixth seed probably without the injuries. And even with all the injuries, they at least made it to the playing game. Um I'm going to assume the Hornets are going to be better, even if only slightly better next season. Um, I feel like if you bring in a developing backup point guard without anything else, uh, any any other roster position taking a major step, you're going to be back in the same situation you were this past season. I don't think you want that. I think you want to take a step. Even if it's only making an eight seed or a seven seed, uh, or going into the playoff game again, you cannot be exactly where you were this season. So if they are unable to retain both Monk and Graham, I really think the priority at this point should be, okay, let's use this cap space and try and bring in some veterans uh, for our second unit. You've already, like I said, we've got four young centers that we can develop and then one veteran center uh, who in the agency pool is going to be available for us at the five position for us to even draft anyway? Rashawn Holmes wants $20 million and I don't know about that. Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis, is, I, I'm going to tell you what. Listen, I, y'all just scared the crap out of me just now. Uh, <laughs> look, man, Bobby Portis is going to want some big money, and he probably deserves it, man. So I, that look, if, if we hey, were to look, sign. Offer Bobby our $8 million and move on. I think he wants more than that. He's probably going to get more than that. I think I think the Hornets keep either Monk or Graham, and I think yeah, Dante. And I actually think, even though I wouldn't agree with them overpaying to keep him, I think they will. Because I, I, other teams, there are some teams out there that really want Devontae Graham. I think he's 
he can start in the NBA. I don't know if I necessarily say he's starting caliber, but he was our starting point guard uh, the season before this past season. He can shoot the three. He's actually got a high basketball IQ. He can run yeah. an offense. He want Devontae Graham, and he's going to get some dumb offers. So, yeah, no, and that's the scary part, man. But I, I just quickly want to talk about Grant Riddle. Like, if it comes down to us, you know, not retaining Devontae Graham, let's say you roll the dice on a guy like Grant Riddle, who's, you know, a second-year guy. Now, Grant Riddle is a bucket. That dude can put the ball in the basket. But what you worry about with Grant Riddle is can he guard anybody and can he run an offense? And is a second-year guy really ready to to run a team, even in, in, a, in a backup role? Um, so if we're not able to retain that, man, I still kind of see a, a really big hole at that position. Like Kaza said, man, we're, we're essentially just kind of uh, running in circles, so to speak, and, and, and back where we where we started. This season, had, this, this draft has already shown us that, yeah, it is time to take that step. Um, you know, that we have a, we have a, someone in the chat that mentioned someone like TJ McConnell. It could, could be uh, a really cheap option as a free agent. Uh, target um what's something uh, assigning something close to that nature i wouldn't mind because at least you have a vet who you know can at least run a team someone who's at least been in somewhat of a winning culture with the with the indiana pacers man so again if you're looking to take that next step man i i say you gotta at least try to go get um uh, an affordable veteran this all season okay guys so i'm, I'm gonna just, uh this is a uh, tweet from keith smith nba he said the Hornets cat space situation changed a good deal at the draft. I had them projected at about 20 million in cat space. They'll use a chunk of that to acquire Mason Plumley, which is about 12, which is about eight million dollars, and it drops it down to 12. Yeah. Then they acquired the 19th pick from New York, and now they're down. They're now down, they're down to about 8.8 million. So we're realistically working with slim pickings at this point. Um, again, again, I, all that is true. But listen, sign and trade is going to be a big, big deal this offseason with every team in the NBA, man. Trust me. Mitch has never really also, even in his time with the Lakers, which is like the free agent destination, he was never really big on free agents uh, as a you know as a whole. He, he just wasn't. And I think, for them, though. I, I think that he's more willing to roll the dice on the guys that he picked Rather than because I mean, if, if they really felt like Kai Jones wasn't going to develop and who they wanted to be, then they wouldn't have made that that trade. They would have saved that cap space and tried for someone else. And for eight, uh, eight million dollars can get you somebody solid. I mean, think about I think about Tony Parker's deal was that two years ago now. Yeah, three, three, five million bucks. Five yeah, million right. For you know uh, a year to ten million, two years. Um, you could get a, a, a solid rotational player for $8 million and maybe that's all the Hornets need um, at this point. I just feel like we've shored up a lot of our – you know, our biggest issue was the, the interior stuff, rebounding defense uh, at the five. And I feel like oh, we're not perfect in that, but we're good enough in other areas to where we can let guys like Kai Jones uh, and JT Thor develop. I, I, I got a really, really quick before you go right now. I got, I got a question for y'all because it's something I actually read this morning. So our, our good friends at the Bleach Report are saying that the Hornets probably are not going to go after a free agent center because of the cap situation and because of us drafting Kai Jones. Is that disappointing to you or not? 
Um, no, because because like Kaiser said, the rebuild isn't over yet. Um, we're in a development phase with our big men. Uh, I, I honestly think Vernon Carey will come in better this year, especially with a, a full offseason to, to actually get acclimated to the NBA style and, and, and play in the summer league and possibly more in the G League in the fall. Uh, it's going to be an interesting battle to see who makes the roster, though. Uh, I don't anticipate Nick Richards making the roster, to be honest with you. Um, I, I, I didn't – to me, he doesn't have it, Nick Richards. Like, he, there, there needs to be more – he needs to go overseas and do something else, but he doesn't have it. Um, and, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's still a rebuild situation. I know fans don't like that answer. I know Mason Plumlee isn't a sexy guy name or whatever. Uh, but let's just wait and see, man. Uh, you got a whole nother offseason. Uh, Terry Rozier still could be moved. Uh, you have cap space in next offseason as well. So it's just a wait and see thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, who are I, I, when people talk about going after a, a center free agency, it's like, who, who are they really going to get? Like I said, did you, does, no, does any Hornets fan really want to pay $20 million for Rashawn Holmes? And I would, although I'd like Rashawn Holmes to be a Charlotte Hornet, but he averages 14 million. For $20 million, you're, you would be paying him for the potential that he would be better than that in Charlotte than he was in Sacramento. And I'm not sure if – I mean, it, it, it'd almost be like the Terry Rozier situation. You know, Terry Rozier didn't have, like, these great stats. But the difference is that we saw what Terry could do when he was put in that position. We all saw the playoffs. Right, right. LeBron James and what Terry did. And so he had that on his resume. A guy like Rashawn Holmes um, does not. I I like the idea of developing the guys that we drafted and then waiting to see what the pool looks like next next season. And and then and then also I I just don't if if you made an investment into Kai Jones by trading the future first, do I really want to put two centers in front of the kid to to block right. the time? I mean, yeah, no, I, that's a great point. I foresee a three center rotation with. Uh, Mason Plumlee probably starting at the beginning of the season, and then Kai Jones and Vernon, and Vernon Carey with JT Thor, Nick Richards, and Greensboro. Um, and Nick, I, Richards I think, and Nick Richards in, 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 in Greece. <laughs> in Slovenia, is that what you're saying? Yeah. China, 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 I'm sorry. So, uh, I'm, I'm, look, 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 if anybody doesn't know, I'm poking at somebody. He's, he'll get it. He's going to get $20 million. There's a team out there that's going to play Holmes. <laughs> Twenty million dollars. Uh, even 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 if he doesn't get twenty million, I mean, I, I, first of all, I feel like the center position is way overvalued in the NBA, and I mean that from a purely purely financial standpoint. For for instance, I get Rodney loves the quote. Uh, there's a, there's a list of if you look at teams that have won the Super Bowl over the last decade, and you look at how much they've paid for their starting running backs, and Pennies on the dollar. Pennies on the dollar. Do the same thing with the NBA roster and their centers. You're going to find the same thing. Look at all the centers of these of the the championship winning teams. Um, there's, I mean, we had Javale McGee. You know, he won a chip as a starting center. <laughs> uh, Tristan Thompson. You got all these guys. It's, whoa, it's whoa, 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 whoa! Put some yeah. respect on Javale McGee. Olympian Javale McGee. Okay, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, by default, but yeah. But I, I, I'm not saying that it's not a valuable position, just like running back in the NFL is a valuable position, obviously. 
But I'm not sure if it's the kind of position where you just give guys $20 million, especially for putting up rather pedestrian numbers. Uh, I mean, people were mad that we paid Cody Zeller, what, $14 million. You know, and, and I, I actually agree that Cody Zeller, that wasn't a great deal <laughs> at all, you know, um, but the, the value, the market for centers has gone down. That's why I got like Hassan Whiteside can't find a team. You know, he, he wants too much. He's at most worth, what, three to five million dollars. And he, he, he doesn't want that. That's why you see guys like DeMarcus Cousins taking these. Man, you, you, you want to talk about a forgotten name. Good gracious, man. Yeah. That, that dude was one of the hottest commodities like two seasons ago. You know That's what I mean? White side. That's on white side. Rudy I mean, That's on white side. <laughs> yeah, I mean, guys like him, LaMarcus Aldridge, even Dwight Howard, who actually has some tread left on the tires. But, you know, those guys aren't – they're just not worth a, a, a whole, whole lot. So that's another reason I'm like, you know what, Charlotte, let's roll with who we got here. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right, so guys, man, look, I want to I want to pivot. So last week, earlier this week, Simone Biles kind of pulled out the uh, the uh, team and individual uh, gymnastics uh, events because of the twisties. And that kind of caused a, a backlash in, in, in social media spaces, uh, which everything does. Um, and right. uh, you have people calling her a quitter at this point. So, guys, so I, I kind of want to get your opinion on this and, 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 and how you feel about the twisties and whether that's a valid excuse or not. Before, educate before, me. Educate me. Before we go into this topic, can you please explain to the viewers what the twisties are? It's when you're in midair and you kind of don't know where you are. Right, and you may lose a footing. Your footing, you might fall. Uh, for a gymnast, that's a very dangerous thing. A very dangerous thing. Okay, let me. All right, let me let me preface my statement by saying this: I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I watched gymnastics. The last time I watched gymnastics was when Carrie Strug won the gold medal back in what? 96 was that 90 something Whoa. yeah so you know you don't watch the bump simone that's prime time tv no, I, don't watch, I don't give it i don't give a shit about gymnastics like why in fact the that's only sexist. One, that is sexist the only olympic sports i watch are combat sports taekwondo boxing fencing because those are fun and exciting and i don't really <laughs> sports in which they have judges because it, it's it's stupid like Simone Biles, you know, one of the, the, the things about her and one of the reasons she pulled out, she won't say this, is because they were judged. The scoring was unfair because she was so good that they had to, like, score her on a curve. That's stupid. I don't, I don't want to watch that, okay? So yeah, me, no doubt. That's, that's like, totally like, unfair. I don't even really care about the Olympics. I only watch the combat sports. I don't even care about Olympic basketball because it doesn't – I think that's part of one of the, the issues Team USA is having. They don't give a shit either. They're like, whatever. This is – this is not the NBA. Okay, all right. So I've said that. Y'all know how I feel about professional athletes. And what do I always say whenever a professional athlete has any kind of issue? Quit. You're human too. No, no, just quit. Just, just don't play no more. It's not a big, it's, it's not a big deal. Simone. Whoa, 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 whoa. So, 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 so you're telling me you should prioritize your mental health over your team? You always prioritize your wealth because – the entity that allows you to 
to engage in whatever this sport is, they're always going to do what's best for them. Mm. And it's just like, uh, like I, I tell my her professional job this all the time. They, they, they scare to me. I'm like, look, the company's always going to do what's best for them. I will always do what's best for me. It's Hello. A, it's a Hello. So, you know, Simone Biles did what was best for her. She's going to be all right. She's going to make millions of dollars in endorsement deals. We're going to be all right. She's not out. She went out there like fighting a damn war for us or anything. Um, <laughs> you know, I, now, having said that, I will say this, though. I do think that, that there is a modicum of extra respect that we should give to athletes that sacrifice their well-being for whatever. And not, not necessarily for us, because people are like, well, she's not out there entertaining you or da-da. That's, I, I agree, but perfect, but athletes, especially at that level, they don't compete for us. They compete for themselves. They right. compete for that uh, that prestige. And when you got guys like like Carrie Strug, although that the context of that is different. Carrie Strug, from what we understand now, she did not want to run. She didn't want to perform that, that last stunt. Second, she didn't have to. The United States actually had already clinched a gold medal, and her coaches kind of pushed her into doing into doing that. And she was never able to compete again after that because of the injury that she sustained uh, during that. And I mean, it was a super heroic USA, USA moment, but at, at, at the expense uh, of her career. Right. Yeah. At, at what cost? Um, conversely, you have a guy like Kurt Angle, you know, the, the WWF or WWE superstar. He won a gold medal with a broken neck. He literally with a broken neck and he decided to continue, although he could have ended up paralyzed, paralyzed or worse. Uh, he continued and won the gold medal. I'll give him all the respect in in the world uh, for that. However, I'm not going to admonish athletes who say, you know what, <clears throat> nah, it's not worth it. So that's when, like, you know, guys in the NFL retiring at halftime. Hey, I'm. I'm all for that. You know, I was disappointed to see Luke Keekley retire only eight years into his career. But you know what? I understand. You know what? Screw this. The NFL is not going to take hey, care hey, of can, can we not bring it up today? I know. It, I it, it makes me sad. Man. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all for athletes doing that. I do understand the context of when Simone Biles quit is of importance. But at the same time, you always got to do what's best for you. You always got to do it. You, 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 you just always got to do what's best for you. Guys, I, I want to bring up this point. I, I heard this about a few days ago. Everybody knows the Allen Iverson epic practice rant. You know why he went on that rant? One of his best friends was murdered. And somebody brought up this point. Like, we always it's, – it's, it's, it's to the point where – we don't allow we, we we don't think these athletes are human. They go yeah. through things. Somebody said if, if Allison if, if Allen Iverson took time off to 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 vent and, and to get his thoughts together, maybe his career would have been a longer. Maybe he wouldn't have become like more uh, dependent upon that bottle, which actually kind of shortened his career. We need to give athletes more more grace to to express their feelings and and, and let them know that it's okay to get help. Like, another thing that stood out to me was Paul George last year in the bubble. Uh, I talked about this a lot. 
Like, we made fun of him for saying, hey, this took a toll on my mental health. We made fun of DeMar DeRozan and, and, and Kevin Love for saying, hey, man, I, I struggled through this, this, uh, this, this, these mental health problems. Oh, you got me and shut up. They're still human at the, at the end of the day. And, and you have to sit there and you have, you have to take a step back, man. Like, people always want to compare, but you know what? You know who's, who, you know who's doing this to us? It's us doing it to us. Pretty much. And we, we need to learn to give grace and to realize, like, millions and millions of dollars don't kind of solve your problem. <laughs> like, if anything, it, 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 it compounds a lot of your issues. So, I mean, yeah. that, that's all I got to say about that one, man. Yeah, far, as far as my thoughts on Simone Biles, the only way I could kind of come at this subject is to kind of personalize it. Um, I've been in a situation where I thought I gave my heart and soul to an organization, and I thought that I would get everything that I would uh, that I was deserved, and I was going to be rewarded, and I was thrown out of my ass. So, to Kaiser's point, man, that you know, companies and and to whomever are going to be loyal to themselves. So, at the end of the day, you better look out for you, man. And I don't and and you know, we, we have to make relation to Naomi Osaka and Shakari Richardson. Of, of course, these the, the stories are all kind of related together, man. And which kind of brings up issue about the, you know, the attack on like on, on black women, especially, man. I, I think the media, they couldn't wait to jump on this narrative. You get what I'm saying? You have three black women in a similar situation. If not for anything else, at the very least, it was going to be click headline bait. At the very least, I don't even want to get into the <clears throat> I don't even want to get into the, to the meat of these uh, of the topics as far as the attack on black women. But going back to Simone Biles, man, like another thing I want to talk about is she has the equity to do whatever she wants to. OK, <laughs> like I put it to you like this. If we if we hear Tom Brady decided to retire tomorrow, who's going to complain? You know why? Because he's built up the equity to do whatever the hell he wants to do. Why can't Simone Biles get that same uh, 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 equity? She's built it up for herself. Why can't she get the opportunity to ultimately look out for herself, to look out for, for what's important? Not a brand, not America, America, not anything else. And, and, and that's the sickening part of all of this, man. To Riley's point, like media and fans – we forget that these athletes are human beings before anything else. They don't owe us anything. You, you know, we, we, we've seen, like, stories in the past where the athlete fights through injuries and fights through pain to be victorious, and we love these stories and blah, blah, blah. But one thing we don't talk about is maybe the long-term effects <laughs> after something like that. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. We, don't, we, don't, we don't talk about the, the, the mental toll it takes on some of these athletes who are, who are battling through all of this. Um, I hate to bring this up because I feel like, like MJ is like the default athlete that everybody wants to revert to. But nobody said this when Michael retired when his father died because it's something you can easily understand. You know what I mean? So why can't these three black females – Get the same, get the same treatment. I it's it's troubling. And 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 to add on Jamal's point, we need to treat all athletes the same, male or female. Seriously, they, they all needs to be equal treatment. So I I I, look, I I understand like the media person I was reaching reaching out and hating, but I, I'm 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 gonna call this out as well. When Paul George was was going through all that, talking all his trash and stuff like that. Well, not talking all his trash, but we're talking, he's telling his truth. 
I seen the same guys defending Simone and and these other people trashing play up trashing Paul George. Yeah. No, equal across the board, equal across the board. Look, Absolutely. I think I think part of the issue is this: athletes are human, but they are not like us because they are not. First of all, the reason they're athletes is because they are not like us. They they do something a lot better than we can. Right. Basically. They are most of these guys are extreme physical specimens. They are so far on the right of the of the, the physicality spectrum that they are already special. But, fact, you, but, but you know it's not talked about when it comes to that is the amount of work that it takes to get to that point. That it true. takes that's a lot right. of yeah, sacrifice to get to that point. You still have to put in the work else you end up like a Jamarcus Russell or you know or some or somebody like that where you have all the physical talents can I can I please say that it now that is a different case uh, but go ahead I, I, don't, I don't yeah we're not gonna spend any time with <laughs> that, uh, that, that, that 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 video that videotape story if you ever heard it it's crazy <laughs> yes yeah hey watch these, watch these tapes he comes into the practice next day and uh they're like do you watch the tapes they're like yeah I watched them and they purposefully gave him blank tapes blank tapes <laughs> yeah uh, but um but yeah, it's just that you do have to put in the work. But but athletes are, are not like us. They are afforded some modicum of privilege that we don't have. And I think the issue is that the masses understand that. So when the, so when we see an athlete um, step out of the realm of athletics and become human, to a lot of people, it's like, wait, hold on, wait, hold on. What, what do you what do you mean? This much money, zero 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 zero, to play a game that I play at the Y for free every weekend. That that's my favorite one right there. You uh, do something, I would do it for free. Yeah, what what's so <laughs> special about you that you get to do? Because I, I will say this: as much as my job knows that I have <laughs> no loyalty to them, I cannot just <laughs> I cannot just quit. I don't. I don't have the luxury of saying, you know what, screw you guys, I'm out. And a lot of people will say, well, you know, you got to do what's best for you. You got to do. But maybe what's best for me actually is not quitting my job and trying to <laughs> support supporting family. your family and paying yeah. bills. Yeah, yeah we got having three square meals a day. So uh, <laughs> actually, do not have that. I mean, uh, Simone Boss could retire tomorrow. Literally, she. In fact, a lot of Olympic athletes do retire. And remember, they're amateur athletes. But the amount of money she's going to make from endorsements and whatnot is is astronomical. And that's actually why I'm all for athletes retiring. Get your bag, get out. Like Luke Keekley did. Get your bag, get out. You're done. You, you and, and and go live your life, man. Go go, go be life. human. So you know, same with Simone Biles. You you became the greatest. Uh, gymnast in history, you're gonna live off you know millions of endorsements uh, the entire life. Do what what now, the rest of us cannot do, and then quit because then you now, don't have to have those same those same human issues that we do. Now, now that begs the question, man. Does this hurt her brand? Because there's someone in the chat saying that this may hurt her brand. Do we believe that? Does this really hurt her brand? No. Why do you say that? Because she's still going to be Simone Biles. Uh, at the end of the day, she has what twenty six gold medals, twenty six right. medals. She's still going to be Simone Biles. She's still going to get endorsement deals. Uh, 
basically saying she's built up enough equity not hurt her. And, a, and, and, and then and then on top of that, we're changing as a society. We were understanding more over time. I don't I don't think this is going to be a big of an issue over time as it is now. Um, it's that's hard to say. I like to say no because, like Jamal said, she's built a of equity to where she can do whatever she wants. Like I said, like I said, she can retire tomorrow and live off endorsements for the rest of her life. I will think, though, whether people agree with it or not, it's always going to be there. Y'all know I'm a huge boxing fan, right? One of the greatest fighters of all time, maybe top five, certainly put him in top ten is Roberto Duran. Manos de Piedro. I mean, probably the greatest lightweight that ever lived. When he quit against Sugar Ray Leonard, in their famous second fight, in which he famous infamously said on his stool, no moss. What do you think people remember Roberto Duran for? That's yeah. it's the first thing they say. The first yeah. Thing they, yeah, when people talk about Roberto Duran, they always talk about the no moss fight. Because, but it, and this is boxing. We're talking about a sport where people die. It is not uncommon for people to die in a boxing ring, even yeah, it, modern <laughs> boxing. I mean, but look at look look at the time that happened. And we're talking about the eighties. We're talking about the hyper masculine, hyper yes, early eighties. You know we're what I mean? About, yeah, and, and the reason is because boxing has a history of guys that would literally die in the ring. Who and who say that? Hey, and, and, and not and not only just that, cause but but would be a footnote. Oh, by the way, he died in the ring. Next right. on Sports Center, we have like seriously. So when Roberto Duran quit, and and the reason the reason he quit wasn't because he felt like he was in any physical dangers because he didn't, the fight wasn't going his way and he didn't feel like fighting the, that thing about, uh, the, the, he didn't feel like fighting the way Sugar Ray Leonard wanted to fight the fight. So he's, he's like, fuck it, I just quit. But I bring that up to say, it's always going to be there. And like Chris says in the chat, it's the last thing people will remember, whether we agree with it or not. People, that, I mean, that may be the unfortunate yeah, people truth. Are always going to, oh, hold up, Jay Anderson. I don't know about that, man. He said he said Duran was not as great as Simone is in in the context of their respective sports. I mean, Roberto Duran is like you ask any boxing historian, name your top five. Duran's in there somewhere. He I mean, he was he was just that good. Simone is top one, one or two, though. That's different. Simone is like well, maybe one. The context of boxing is different because you got different I, divisions. Well, and plus, you know, boxing. We're talking lineal, like lineal titles. That goes back 150 years. You never the number one box of all time is Sugar Ray Robinson, and the reason is is because he had like 165 fights. <laughs> you know, no one and Roberto Duran had 70 something fights, and he'll never he'll never be number one because the sport has evolved to the point where he cannot. There's no way that no modern boxer could ever have 165 fights. Um. Um. I just, I, yeah, I mean, to that, I, I guess, I, I mean, I could get that. Okay, Simone is the go to gymnastics, Duran is the, the go of boxing, but the sports, uh, the, the context, and if we're talking about greatness, is, is it's muddled. It's it's far too 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 different to make that comparison. But uh, but ha but having said that, quitting pe people remember, and especially they'll always they're always going to compare Simone Biles to people like Carrie Strug. And Kurt Angle, Olympians who risked their livelihood uh, in order to 
Hey man, it's a better headline, man. Hey man, D- look, D- I, I'm, I'm gonna say it like this: Would, would you risk your livelihood for a country that? Never mind. And I could go there. Don't let's. <laughs> <the, the, laughs> you know what? Well, so, I mean, and it's funny I say that because I spent eight years in the military. No, I wouldn't risk my life. My life. So, 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 <laughs> so, we talk about risking livelihood. So, uh, this this week uh, at Rolling Loud last Sunday, this dude, uh, a Charlotte representative named the baby, said some. That's Jamal, dude. Weird stuff, man. Like, like it, it, it was. It was just kind of weird to me. Like. Okay, he was like, if you don't have HIV or AIDS, put your hands up. I've, I've actually heard a rapper say that before, and I, I don't like it. He said, women, if you're, 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 your air smells like water, put your hands up. I've heard that before, weirdly enough. And then he says, you ain't sucking in the parking lot. You are doing it, you ain't in the parking lot, then put your hands I'm like, why? And then his so, Some so, of so y'all, so y'all suspect. His DJ, yeah, it made it worse. And then uh, he brought out Tory Lanez too. Let's just let's just look. We, we forgot about that point. And then uh, and then and then people were calling for him to apologize. Uh, he doubled down, tripled down, put out a music video. And then uh, he got canceled from a few concerts. Uh, today he got uh, was it Rolling Loud Lollapalooza? Yeah, replaced by Young Thug and G Herbo, which is ironic. And then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, Elton John and and Madonna, and now uh, Dion Warwick. Oh, Dion, that's what friends are for. Yeah, and yeah. now Dion Warwick has spoken out. Yep. And they all spoken out against him, man. It's, 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 it's looking bad for him right now. Uh, I, I'm gonna say this: I don't think he'll ever be personally canceled. Uh, there's a there's an artist called Little Boosie that does. The Chitlin circuit around the south and still gets his money. The baby could do the same at this point, but as far as commercial, he is. But there's also an artist that made the ignition ignition remix that if he ever got out of jail, he probably wouldn't struggle either. So just wanted to make mention I, of that. Look, he's still streaming every month. I'm gonna just leave it like that, man. I'm just, I'm just he's streaming pretty decent. But guys, man, like, like, how do you feel about like these comments and and and, and just give me your thoughts about. Like canceling and everything like that. My first, the first word that comes to mind when when I when he went on this rant at his show was unnecessary. Why? What? What, what prompted that? What? What did something happen before the show that that made you bust out to this nonsensical rant about uh, just homosexuals doing whatever you said they were doing on? Like, what was the purpose and what was the point? of it. it at, at the very least, I, I am not going to get into people's beliefs today. It, that is a headache I don't want today. At the very least, those statements were unnecessary. I don't understand. Look, man, sometimes things are so nonsensical that the only sense that I can make of all this, and not just with the on-stage rant, but with the Tory, with the Tory Lane's crap that he pulled, man, is publicity stunt. I mean, it's the only thing I can think of that would make this make sense. I don't think it's a coincidence. He pulls these two things, and then his video comes out a couple of days later. And on a, and then his new video has like 3 million views on Instagram, man. So the, as far as the cancellation, eh, can't look, there are a good amount of people who are not going to fool him anymore. But 
on the other side of that, there's going to be that many more people who are still going to ride and die for the baby, man. Now, with all that being said, he's still losing money because Lollapalooza is a big deal. These festivals pay a lot of money for you to perform. And, and, and the fact that they're, you know, they're not fooling with him at this point, it does mean he is at least losing a bit of money. But for the most part, man, his Ryder Dog fans, they're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. I mean, Chris Brown beat up Rihanna in a Lamborghini. <laughs> look, look, you saw he beat the hell out of that girl. Like, I mean, and you know what's funny? You know what's funny? There's like this picture floating around Facebook this morning of like how good he looks. Like, oh, he looks so much better. It looks like he's get- really, y'all? Really? Yeah, I mean, really? If Chris Brown couldn't get canceled from that, then the baby won't get canceled from this. Having said that, yeah, the comments were completely unnecessary. Obviously, he was implying a negative connotation with uh, HIV and AIDS. Right, right. And homosexual acts in the parking lot because he didn't say ladies. He said fellas. So, you know, there's a negative connotation there. And the reason people are freaking out about that is because at least in 2021, we've kind of been like, okay, hate speech is is not okay. And especially in, in the context of hip hop, which has right. a history of hate speech and misogyny. A very deep history of, uh, of homophobia and misogyny, right? Even even ethnic hate speech. Like, if you go back and listen to Ice Cube that with the Korean song... Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. it is funny, because I, lo- I love early Ice Cube, but... The Predator, and I was like, ooh, boy, this, this is not going to fly today. Nowadays, same with, with Eminem's first few albums. Oh my god, how many... Times when he talk about gay f bombs. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Eminem did a song with uh, Elton John, and it's over. It's better now. Well, I, Eminem was trying to be tongue in cheek, and and I honestly, I think the baby was too, but he's not as uh, eloquent or or yeah. or right. He doesn't have the team with it. I mean, he's he's a hook captain, baby for a road. That's not in his his repertoire, uh, right? It, um, and also, he's been hanging out with 50 Cent a lot lately. And we all know 50 is like super the troll cool. king, the tro- the king of trolling. Where you have to beat trolls, he's the final boss. He's like the final <laughs> troll boss. You got to defeat. You got to defeat 50 to defeat all the trolls. And I, and I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if him and 50 was in 50's mansion. Tom crazy. And the baby was like, you know, I'm gonna do that because. The Man, baby- listen, that that's an excellent point, dude. I, 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 it is no coincidence that we see that photo op with him and Fifty, and two weeks later, exactly. all this comes yeah. about, man. Exactly. So, and, and the baby, he's always thrived off negativity. I mean, let's be honest here. We all know about the baby, at least if you're from Charlotte, because he killed someone in the Walmart parking lot. Now, granted, it was self-defense, but he damn sure rap about it a lot. Yep. He damn show. He, he, always, he always say he about he'll put you up. Yep. He he throw that in every rap because it gives him some kind of you know credence that other rappers don't. Let me, tell you, let me tell you something. The hip hop community loves its murderers or perceived murderers. I, I'm not gonna call any names, but there there's quite a few that that built their career off murdering people or shooting people. Yeah. I in mean, their in their raps. Yep. Jay Z so crack crack to pregnant women. 
You know what I'm he, saying? He I'm told you. He yeah, told you. He did. And then he stabbed his manager. Like shanked the dude. You know what <laughs> but but let, let let me say this, man. I, I would as far as far as that goes. Now there is a fine line between telling your story and glorifying, you know, what you're talking about. You know what I mean? And, and there there's been some blurred lines with you know with violent raps as far as uh hip hop acts like telling just rapping about the environment versus oh I'm just gonna murder you to sell records. You get what I'm saying? Man, Jamal, Jamal, man, I, I'm 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 a little bit younger than you, man. These kids, they 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 don't they don't follow by those rules, man. Like I agree, you 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 you, you, you got these Chicago cats rapping. You 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 know what Tuka comes from? No, the Tuka line. It was there's a line in Chicago with the GDs and BDs were, were beefing, and they killed a 14, 15 year old kid, and they said they're smoking on Tuka a Tuka pack. I I don't I don't advocate for that for, towards that, but like. Even pop culture has has adopted. Oh, he's become a pack or something like that, and they don't know what it fully means. Like you're celebrating the death, but but that that's where the lines are crossed. Those lines are not blurred. That's where you just completely cross the line at that point, man. And I, I do. We're, we're in a we're in a very tough situation with artistic expression because more and more, I believe those lines are being crossed, man. And we're in a dangerous area with that, man. Hip hop loves drowning in negativity. I'll be I'll be completely honest. If you look at all the big surges of in hip hop history, it's always I mean, look at gangster rap is probably the biggest reason why hip hop made the jump from fad culture to pop culture. Right. Um, and you know, there's this uh conspiracy theory floating around that the meeting all white people got got like in a in a little table and they decided we're going to ruin the black community by making gangster rap. I don't think that happened at all. However, I do believe that people like Jerry Heller said, hmm, hmm. black this people is good. buy this. They will spend a lot of money on this. And I, you know, and and I love gangster rap. I'm just and because it's 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 entertaining to me, like a Quentin Tarantino movie. But but here, here's the here's the difference. Uh, us three, we can separate that yeah. from real life. Yeah. We can leave it there. Yeah. Some of these kids can't separate it and they can't leave it where it's at. That's, that's the scary part. That's the biggest issue and, with the statement the baby makes. He's got to be so and, 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 and real quick, because y'all know I can get passionate about this. I'm going to try to be real quick about this. Another thing is like, okay, we can listen to something like NWA and Mob Deep in one setting, and then on the next setting, De La Soul and Tribe Called Quest is rapping about black love. Right. There's none of that balance in mainstream hip-hop anymore. No. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I think when the, the danger in the baby's comments, and this is why people are so mad, is because he holds a lot of influence over, over especially over the youth, and uh, to one, to spread misinformation about HIV and AIDS is very dangerous. And uh, ignorant. And Yeah, it, it is. A lot of people don't know about it at all. And, and to be fair, why would they? But... If the baby said it, then they're going That's to, they're, yeah, they'll they'll grasp onto the negative connotation. And the same thing with homosexuality. If well, if the baby don't like it, then I don't like it either. We're trying to, to, to you know, to, to get away from all that, and and the baby just kind of throws fuel on the fire. But I think we tell, we tell what's kind of strange too. The dude did a song with Little Nas X, like after he came out. I don't get it. <laughs> I I don't get it. Like if you it was it was such a problem, why not turn down his money? 
Yeah. But, I mean, but again, that's that's kind of just going back to the hustle. You know what I mean? Like he he knows controversy sales, man. I, and I exactly, think no, exactly. I think that's. I think hey, 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 look, here, here, here's my last parting shot on this particular topic. I just would like to remind um, everyone watching this that Kanye West purposely tried to divide the vote to get Donald Trump reelected and his album comes out in a couple of weeks. Just want to remind everybody of that. Oh, and and, 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 and he's charging, he charged, uh, he, he filled up a football field to for a listening party and he's having another listening party in four days and is going to fill up a football field again for the release album. Just, just a reminder. Hey, anyone out there who is riding for the baby and what he said, he wore a diaper at South by Southwest 2017. Didn't just he wore around South by Southwest. <laughs> hey man, look, look for, for you to for you to wear that around like that, and nobody say nothing to you. Got to be some type of gangster. Yeah. <laughs> Before he shot the dude. But so, I, I, yeah. I, I, all we're saying is don't say anything silly like don't don't sell your soul and don't be a sellout and no, then you wear a damn don't, diaper. Don't yeah, yeah, that was, that's not a good look. I'm yeah, a I'm I ain't wearing no diaper. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done on this topic. <laughs> hey man, shout out. Oh man, shout, shout out once again. Shout out to everybody in the chat room, man. Please like, share, and subscribe, man. Shout out to Mitch Cupcheck. You have made me a very happy camper uh, this week, man. Uh, shout out to all of our guests that we haven't seen in a while, man. We got to get back to invite people on. Shout out to Danny Thompson uh, who joined us uh, for our, no, our, no, our no, draft draft no, no, no. cast on Thursday, man. Uh, just shout out to all of our, our, our fans, man. That's about it. That's all I got. Um, I'm going to real quick shout out to Carolina Hurricanes fans. Um, I know a lot y'all are wilding this week, man. Wilding. I know man. a lot of people aren't big hockey fans, but they signed Tony D'Angelo, a guy who has a history of being suspended for immaturity for maturity issues. Um, he's he had been suspended in the OHL twice for breaking their diversity policy for using ethnic slurs against teammates, and he got in a fight with his teammate with the New York Ranger at the new as a New York Ranger and was waived immediately after that. The Carolina Hurricanes signed him because they had a whole defenseman with uh, Dougie Williams uh, leaving, and that has split the community. I'll just say this. Do not sacrifice your character for winning. I love franchises. Choose not to do that. The Panthers did that with Greg Hardy. You know, he was only being accused of what he did, and the Panthers said, you know what? Man, he did that. I'm going to let you sit. You got to sit, bro. Where um, there's smoke, there was fire. There, yeah, exactly. So um, I'm not saying that Tony D'Angelo isn't – I'm not saying he's not going to be a good teammate, but I'm just saying that all these people saying, well, he'll help us win games. No, that is that is the wrong reason. Hey, Jay, Jay, tag, tag Sheena and say she don't love under construction. That's all I got to say. Pretty much. <laughs> you put that pressure on her. That's all I got to say. Uh, I'm gonna give a shout out to the Queen City uh, Pro Am. Uh, By the way, good job on the interview, brother. Really yeah, appreciate it. Uh, Alonzo, he's doing a good job, man. He 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 uh, from Charlotte, went to Vance, grew up in Hidden Valley, uh, played basketball at Presby. Now he's overseas, man. Uh, Montrez Harrell, uh, the Ball Brothers, uh, Sandari Stonewell, uh, Jeff McGinnis was there last night. You got No Limit, Larry. So what you're telling me is basketball in Charlotte is like popular, like people. Yeah, man. Look, look. If, 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 if the winning culture is back here, man, it's back to stay, man. 
but uh, it, it, but, but you, but you got big names. Even Seth, Seth Curry came out there last week. Like you, you have big names out there supporting this man. Uh, the last week is this week upcoming. Uh, when I did, saw two, three games, good games. Man, it's it's free of charge. The Kara Hoffman Center, all right off of six, uh, six, six, seven Street, seven Street, right off Seven Street. Man, just go down there, man. Support, man. It's free of charge. Show your love. Take some pictures. Have fun. They got vendors out there, food out there, black owned, everything, man. Just go out there, support this brother. Donate to his cause. Go back at the interview. Look at the interview, and and, and just support, man. I mean. He's he's doing good things in Charlotte. Um, he he bought the pro am back because if you remember back in the day, it was uh, Jeff McGinnis and then uh, Anthony Morrow. Morrow had the uh, pro ams and he bought it back for the for, for the city and the culture. And real real quick before we go, man, that Charlotte pro am has has grown a lot. I, I used to go when it was at the Grady Cole Center, man, and just judging from those pictures from uh, when you went, man, it, it's it's grown uh, tremendously since the days of the late nineties when I used to go, man. So shout out to them, man. Shout out, shout out. All right, guys, man. Thank you so much for watching. We appreciate you guys, man. And uh keep like, share, and subscribing, man. Peace out. Oh, put that pressure on Shana. Tell her to come on the show. <laughs> we would love to have her. Peace, y'all. Tell tell her, her friend Vashti's been on. <laughs>